and team, James. Um, I can't see you anymore. Lost you. There you are. You are something else on that guitar. You really are. And Christian on the, that thing. What do they call that thing? The cajon. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. And of course, uh, where is our girl? Where is she? She's disappeared. I love you. Because you take me to heaven. You do. And, and I've told you this before, and I know you don't like me doing it, but you have that ability. Ooh, I'm not sure how much I'm going to do with this, but I don't care anymore. I've just been on that run. Because I can't do it on my own. But then he picks me up and he draws me along. A number of years ago now, um, I remember having a picture, a very clear picture of being in a cell in the dark. And I remember the door opening and this shaft of sunlight coming in and God saying, you're free. You're free. I freed you. This is not what I'm going to preach on, by the way. This is a little story of mine. You're free. So I go to the door and I look out and I see these rolling hillsides. And he says, it's all yours. You can run as fast as you like for as long as you like. So I stepped out into the light. And then all those years ago, I remember it so clearly, I stepped back into the darkness. The door's still open. And God said to me, have a look at the hinges, Al. Did you know God calls me Al? Have a look at the hinges. And the hinges were broken. And he said, take your time, but there's freedom out there. Or you can choose to be in here, but you're never locked in anymore. Does that resonate with anybody in this room? Because I think it will. See, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. No longer to be subject to what? <coughs> to a, anybody know the scripture well? A yoke of what? Slavery. Or do you prefer freedom? I got rid of imposter syndrome a long time ago. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Imposter syndrome is, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? How did, who told you you could do that? That's imposter syndrome right there. And I knew, once I got, once I figured out what that voice was, I knew it wasn't from heaven, right? I knew it was an enemy strategy. And do you know what? I've spent the whole week battling with imposter syndrome. It's a battle. So you knock on your door and you can let it in. And that's what I did this week. I let it in. Who do you think you are, Alan? What are you doing? You haven't even been there a year. What's the matter with you? Do you think they're going to listen to you? Why would they listen to you? Who do you think you are? 
then Saturday came along to a men's breakfast, did some grilling, sat down, got a round of applause. And there it hit me. But God says, you receive that. You receive it. Because what I tried to do, and you probably hit, remember hearing me saying it, oh, don't thank me, thank the bacon and, and sausage. Thank Costco. Because I deflect. It's going to be a mess today. It's already a mess. I know, it's already a mess, okay? Because I ran that race with God picking me up halfway along and saying, come on, we can do this. Do you want to come with me? So we've spent quite a while looking at the message out of the book of Ephesians, haven't we? The first part of it, chapters 1 to 3, represent the gospel, the, the doctrine of God, the love that he has for us. You know his love is so much greater than we can ever ask for or imagine. In Ephesians 1.17 it says, I just want to know you better. He wants to know us better. Now, how do you get to know a friend better? We talked about it in the, in the men's group. You know, how do we get to know each other better? What do you do? It's not a trick question, by the way. And the answer is not Jesus. What do you do? You spend some time with each other, right? You go out for coffee. You have a meal together. Or you just go and watch the football or watch the telly or whatever. Are we, we going to do that? Are we going to move this thing on? This is a river. It's not stationary. If you want to come and be comfy, probably not the best church for you. <laughs> Seriously, it's not. It's not comfy. I'm not finding this comfortable. Guys, somebody just said to me, you usually got everything so well put together. I know. And that's what makes it even harder. So here we are looking at Ephesians, the second part. So the first part is about the doctrine of God, the, the love that he has for us. And then the second part, in chapters 4 to 6, it represents the culture. Right living before God. In context, the letter was written to the Ephesian church, a church of that town in Ephesus, in Greece, a city, it's actually in, in Turkey now, um, a city ruled and presided over by a cruel Roman <coughs> emperor and a regime that basically had a culture of licentiousness and immoral practices. Not very dissimilar to what's going on now, is it? Nothing's changed. We're still using and struggling with the same things. Do we want to choose to live lives differently? So Ephesians 5 describes Christianity not as a cleaner version of our regular lives, but a whole new life. It's been said before, when we receive Jesus into our lives, we die to the old life. And are born again into a new life. Are you living a new life? 
or are you just trying to fix what you've got? Now, guys, I'm speaking to myself here, right? Am I just trying to fix what I've already got? Or am I actually stepping out and doing something completely um, fresh and new? So at the beginning of verse 1 in, in Ephesians 5, do turn to it, because we will look at it in some depth in a minute. When you look at the beginning of it, if you look at it in the NIV, I mean, it doesn't say it, but in the NASB it says this, therefore be imitators of God. And see, that's where the imposter syndrome comes in. Because the enemy is saying to me all week, right up to that first song. Why'd you play those songs? <laughs> That's not okay. Mess me up. It's so easy to hear it, isn't it? Be imitators of God, therefore. And the enemy says, you can't do that. You're not doing it anyway. Who do you think you are? Be imitators of your dad, of your heavenly father. Ephesians 5, yeah, 1 to 17. We're going to finish looking at that. So Paul Lev, a few months ago now, was leading worship and um, the box came out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody who's been in church for a while will know what I'm talking about. The percussion box for the kids came out. And I thought, oh, ho, ho, ho. oh no. <laughs> it's not my favourite thing, if I'm honest. <laughs> you know, that. And then something really strange happened. It started to play the the started to play in sync with the music. I'm thinking, what, what, how, what the, who the, you know, that. And I look across and I see Rosie looking at her dad. She's not looking at her instrument, she's looking at her dad. And when dad does this thing he does with the guitar, I can't, you know, everybody knows what that looks like because they all do it, don't they? It means something to other band members, I'm guessing. Well, I know. And so she stopped, and because she's a leader amongst the kids and the youth, they all stopped. And I thought, hey, this is good. <laughs> and it was reminding me this morning of what it looks like when you're an imitator. When you look at something that's good and you imitate it. And I just want, thought that was a wonderful thing. And just want to prophesy over you, Rosie, that that is something you will continue to do, that you'll be a leader amongst people and you'll step up into your full destiny. What? No, it doesn't, because it's the NASB, it says imitate. If you're looking at the NIV, it says something else. No, it's the NASB. So... Thank you, folks. This is going to be a mess, I told you. It's, I'm not, I'm struggling with this, I really am. So she's leading that part of the church service. It just felt like that. It just felt Rosie's imitating her dad. Great picture. 
And this morning, as we read Ephesians chapter 5, we see that very same idea, that we should be children of God. Paul calls us in Ephesians to be imitators of God as beloved children. Are you feel, feeling like a beloved child today? You sure? Because that's who you are. If you're born again in here, that's who you are. If you're not, then come and talk to me. I'll show you how to do that. It's dead easy, and it will change your life forever. And I don't just mean change it for the better. I just mean it will completely uh, transform your world. Be imitators, therefore. So let's read Ephesians 1, uh, 5, 1 to 21. Um, and I'll start, to, so it, it will help my friend over here, I think, if I read it from the NIV, which says, I follow God's example. So follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We could stop there and be blessed, couldn't we? Here's the rub. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather what we did this morning, thanksgiving. Well, of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not partner with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Let's say those three words together. Goodness, righteousness and truth. Ready after three? Are you ready? Goodness, righteousness and truth. Three good words, aren't they? If you walk out with nothing else, walk out with those three words in your head. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that's illuminated becomes a light. That's why it's said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. And I'm talking about heavenly wisdom here, not just being clever. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
so much in that passage, isn't there? Reminds me of Peter uh, last week who said, uh, this could take 13 weeks, but actually I've only got an hour and a bit. <laughs> and he was talking about what? He was talking about the armour of God. He was talking specifically about one piece of the armour. The helmet of salvation. And here's the thing about the armour, and again, this is not my brief, but I'm reminded, it's a spiritual thing. It doesn't weigh anything. You can go to bed in it. I remember Bill Johnson saying this way back, 2010, 2011. Um, somebody said, you need to put the armour on, Bill. And he said, no, I don't. And everybody went, what? He went, I'll never take it off. So we could get into the content of it, but they are instructions to the children of God. Let's remind ourselves of that. They're instructions given to those people who have already believed and trusted in him and already saved, not because of their own works, but because of God's love and mercy and grace. So you don't follow these instructions in order to make yourself right with God. Let's be clear about that. God loves you unconditionally. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have life in its abundance. Now, you've heard me preach on this stuff before. If Jesus died for all our sins, and he died for all our sins in the future, in fact, when he died, he died for our, our sins that were 2,000 years in the future. Let's be clear about that. Sin is a choice. It's an extremely poor choice. And I stand here before you to say to you, I'm as guilty as all of you, from stepping away and doing daft things. I want the silence in the room to make a bit of a pressure on you. Because if we're not going to do anything about it, you might as well go and wash the car. Or have an early lunch. Because we're here to change things, aren't we? And it has to start in here. So, of course, it's all about the way we think. Peter was talking last week, and I've just said it, about putting the armour on. It's really, really important that we do that. And, and I suspect, Peter, we'll take some more time on that uh, as we come into the future of what we're going to be doing. Because it's so important, isn't it? But we can so quickly revert to what I call orphan-hearted behaviour. We're beloved children. We're imitators of God as beloved children. We're not the lost boys or girls. Back in 2017, was it something I said, Paul? Oh, sorry, Mike. Um, are we going to put the balloons up, please? Leo, uh, Theo. Leo and Theo, did you do that deliberately? <laughs> it just occurred to me. Sorry. 
Now, I didn't think you'd be able to see it that well, but basically what happened was in 2017... Um, I had a picture of some balloons, uh, hot air balloons. I've got a thing about hot air balloons. I've never ridden in one, I'm too scared, if I'm honest. Um, but when, we, when my kids were little um, and we lived in Shenfield, if a hot air balloon went over, Diana remember, we used to jump, Diane didn't do it, we used to jump in the car <laughs> excitedly <laughs> and follow it all through the lanes of Billericay and everywhere else. And then this thing would come down and we, if we could, we'd go and help them put this thing away. It was such an adventure, and it was, and it was just cost me the fuel to get to the wherever it was landing. Um, so, so I've always had this thing in my head about balloons, and then I had this picture of um, balloons—not just one, but actually a whole host of balloons. You know, like a festival of balloons, but none of them were going anywhere. They were inflated and up, but they were tethered to the ground by strong ropes. And I said to God, what, what does that mean? He said, the ropes are what holds you down. You need someone who can cut the rope. So going back to the, sword, uh, to the uh, armour, I got the sword of the spirit. And I went out and started to cut, down, cut out the ropes. And of course, as soon as you cut the rope, the balloon starts to rise. And I had this picture, it was, it was October 2017. Now, I know it so well because I looked for this picture and I couldn't find it. I eventually found it in February 2018. Because in that meeting, uh, one of our team picked that thing up, picked that picture up and, and, and encouraged uh, her own imagination and did this um, that you can see behind you. And it led us into this thing we called wholeheartedness. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Dr. Brenny Brown, um, she did some talks and she's written some books. She's not a Christian. Well, she, is a, she's, she goes to church, but she hasn't written it as a Christian book. Um, but actually, it really does um, allow you to look at the imperfections of our lives and to allow uh, those distractions ruling your life and holding you back. And once you know what they are, you can cut them, can't you? You can cut them. So maybe we'll, we'll spend a bit more time on it as we go through the year on the various balloons and look at how we can release ourselves fully into the freedom that Christ has brought uh, us into. But here's a list. So going from the left to the right, uh, the first balloon you see um, is authenticity. And we're held down by what people think. Now, these are our um, um, expressions of what we think it is. It could be a whole bunch of things. And if you look at it, you'll see there's a big heap of... Oh, I nearly said, I nearly said crap. Oh, and then I said it. <coughs> there's this whole heap of mess that, is, that it could be easily be the world, right? So in, in the mess is shame, fear, blame, performance, disconnection. She didn't phone me last week. That stuff. Entitlement. Huge in this country, isn't it? Disappointment. Self-doubt. And all of it is encompassed by hopelessness. Are we going to live with hopelessness in our lives? Or are we full of hope? 
hope in him who brings all things to good. The next one is self-compassion. We're held down by perfectionism. Then resilient spirit, held down by numbing and powerlessness. Gratitude and joy, held down by scarcity and fear. Faith, held down by the need to be certain. Oh, that's a big one for me. Peace that comes beyond our understanding. What? But but, but I need to understand. I remember uh, God saying to me, "I I want to go for a drive in the car with you. So I went to get in the driving seat. He said, no, I'm driving. And I went, I I usually drive. So he said, well, I want you to sit in the back. Is it okay if you sit in the back? I went, well, okay. So I sat in the back. God got in the driving seat. Are you all right with this weird thing? I'm very weird. (laughs) I'm very weird. Just Just be aware of that. So God gets in the driving seat, and then he says something to me. So I say to him, where are we going? And he said to me, I'll tell you in a minute. Now, what you don't know is that's what I used to tell my kids. Where are we going? I'll tell you in a minute. And then the other one is, and I did this with God too, are we nearly there yet? Use your imagination. Let God take you for a journey. I, ha- I won't go into the complete detail of it, but it was in a most extraordinary journey. I'll never, ever forget it. And when I'm struggling like I am today, he reminds me. You can't run the race on your own. You get picked up and he runs with you. Not all the way, some of the way. And then creativity held down by comparison. Play and rest held down by productivity, self-worth, exhaustion as a status symbol. Calm and stillness held down by anxiety and busyness. Meaningful work held down by self-doubt. Laughter, dance, song. Being in control. Being cool. What's that got to do with Ephesians 5, 1 to 21? I tell you, it's got everything to do with it. Because the only way you can do what it's suggesting and asking you to do in Ephesians 5 is to know who you are and whose you are. Because you can't do it on your own. And if you try and do it on your own, you will struggle, you will fail. And I want you to understand that that is not what we want to do. Now, I've got a feeling I can do this with the buttons now, can I? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. So this thing about um, being an orphan or being a son, and I just went through this. So an orphan in John 
14, 18, it says this. I will never leave you as an orphan. I remember a boy coming. I used to be a head teacher of a school, those of you that don't know me, uh, primary school. And uh, there was a little boy, five, six-year-old probably. Um, and I knew his back history because I was the head. Um, and he was in care and he was an orphan. And he'd been in care off and on for a number of years. And this was a new family bringing him in. And they said, uh, we'll, we'll let him stay for school dinner. So Alan being Alan, wanting to be his dad, I take this boy down for lunch. And we get to the lunch place. And there's the bread rolls. It's the first thing you come to. So this kid picks up a bread roll. And he looks at me. And I can see him out of the corner of my eye. Two eyes back in the day. Um, I could see him out of the corner of my eye. And do you know what he did with the bit of bread? What orphans do? He puts it in his pocket. I can see that boy now. He puts it in his pocket. Because he doesn't know when he's going to get fed again, does he? Anyway, that's a little bit of that story. Um, the child of God, is that who we are? So read that out to yourself. But he has given us the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. We were in Israel in June, and uh, we went down to uh, a, a seaside space um, where kids were running in out of water. And I, I could hear them shouting, Abba, 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 look at me. It, it's a, a name that you give your dad, Abba. Father, and remember back in the day, that's not their relationship with God. So it's a new thing. Right, so here we are. So an orphan feels alone, lacks a vital daily intimacy with God, is full of self-concern. So here's the message. Have some daily intimacy with God. And then you'll have a growing assurance that God really is my loving Heavenly Father. It's easy to be anxious over felt needs, relationships, money, health, feeling all alone, nobody cares about me. Or trusting the Father, have growing influence in your loving care, being freed up from worry, being victorious in everything you do. Live on a succeed-fail basis. Need to be good and right. performance oriented. That's me. So strongly. performance oriented. It always have been. And God says, you don't have to do it like that. And I go, well, I've always done it like that. And he says, well, I, I want you to change. Do it differently. Learn to live in daily conscious partnership with God. Is not fearful. And I'll never forget Pete Carter saying to me, God is with you 24-7. If you learn to pray in tongues inside your head, in your, in, in your, imagine, your sanctified imagination, he will never leave you. He can't. Because he promised to be with you. Now, either we believe the promise or we don't. But once you believe the promise then he's with you 24-7.
feeling condemned, guilty, unworthy before God and others. Or feeling loved, forgiven and totally accepted. Walking in sonship. Well, you're not able to see through me, are you? Walking in sonship. What does that look like? So an orphan, child of God, has little faith, lots of fear, has to be the fixer. Resonating with people, has a daily working trust in God, believes that God is good all the time. Even when things don't look that way. Or do you feel like a servant or do you feel like a son? And I put or daughter, but it is one of those things that kind of works all the way through. I mean, if I can be the bride of Christ, you can be a son, can't you? It's all right, isn't it? So seeking comfort in counterfeit affections, addictions, compulsions, escapism, busyness. I'm too busy. Hyper-religious activity. We could call that super-spiritualism, couldn't we? Or do you find and seek times of quietness and solitude to rest in the Father's presence and love? Folks, I'm preaching this to myself because I can be too busy do all those things so there it is as a full set um, and of course you could add your own bits to it couldn't you because we've all got our own bits that look like an orphan thing but here's the thing here's the thing orphan heartedness is a spiritual deception. Orphan-heartedness is a spiritual deception. You are much loved by the king. You're much loved by the king of kings. So why don't you live like someone left the gate open? I found that picture a long time ago. I love it. Because it kind of sums it up, doesn't it? What a beautiful picture of freedom. Live like someone left the gate open. And then I remember somebody saying, yeah, but you don't have to chase after him afterwards. <laughs> okay, whatever. And do that. And, and you've probably seen this before because I've got this on my, um, on my Facebook page. Surround yourself with those on the same mission as you. That's what this is. That's why it feels so good. Does it feel good to you? Oh, it was so good this morning, wasn't it? Ooh. Are we on the same mission together? Because if we are, you don't look at anything else. You just look at what we're doing. That's what lions do. If you watch them, they move. Actually, their heads don't move. Have you seen that? Where their, their body moves, but their head stays in relation to the rest it's the weirdest thing. And they will focus on what they're looking for, which is food. And remember to dream big. Dream big. Dream big. Dream big. So we could go on with this. 
but actually that's essentially what I want to say today. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It's a big, it's a big one, isn't it? Do we walk in love? The same love that Christ showed. There's a reason why we gather in the morning on a Sunday and we start with worship. Because, and I, I said this earlier, didn't I? Because you go to heaven. If you're born again, you live in both places at once. You're brought here, you're, you're here for a reason, so that you can be an ambassador for Christ. But you also live in heavenly places with him. So we're not talking about a warm, fuzzy feeling, this love thing. We're talking about speaking about love in action. And, and 31st, isn't it, next Tuesday? Next Tuesday, it is, isn't it? Tuesday after. Um, we're going to start something on a Tuesday evening here, 5.30 to 7, uh, called Refresh. And it's part of uh, a, um, a project that the... Um, uh, food bank are doing um, and we're going to ride on the back of that and provide some refreshment and so on. So we'd love you to come to that if you can 5.30 to 7 or any times in between. Um, if you're going to do food bank you need to be trained by food bank but if you're just coming to do cafe stuff and sit with people um, I'm guessing we can probably um, manage it really well if people come and stay with us. So let me invite you this morning, just as I finish, to examine yourself, as I've spent all week doing. And look back on your past week and think about what sacrifices you've made to love others in your life. For some of us, as it was with me, it was a sobering and challenging exercise. What sacrifices have you made in the week just gone to love others like Christ loves you? And let me encourage you, don't just look back, but also look forward and think about what sacrifices can I make in the week ahead to love others as Christ loved me? What can I do to love others as Christ loved me? And don't get deceived by empty words. So easily done. Turn the news on. And you listen to the latest bit of bad news. They only se sell you bad news. There's very little good news. There used to be, when I was a lad, there used to be, at the end of the news, there was a funny story. They kind of stopped doing that. And every now and again, they do it. And it's such, oh, I nearly said a rude word again. But it's such a, um, a, a wrong thing to do because it gives you the wrong impression. It's trying to make you feel good about something that you just heard is awful. And don't, um, please, don't go to sleep um, just after the news. Fill your head with him. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, if you're not a Christian here this morning, then we welcome you. We love having you with us. But let me tell you, you're sleeping in the darkness. Let me show you what it looks like to live in the light. The morning's come. The light of Christ has shone upon you.
the light of Christ has shone into the world, into your life. Like curtains being spread open in the morning, the light is shining. Amen? Amen. Leo, come and finish us off, girl. I'll just leave that up for you. So the, these are just um, some, if you're into that kind of theory type stuff, um, the bottom line is beliefs, right? Right, the bottom line is beliefs. So God is good, nothing is impossible. Um, that last, that bit in the purple is everything um, will always have been finished by him and I am, we are, significant. And then that leads into those things, um, dreaming big, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Dreaming big, taking risks, trusting God and serving well. Now I'm going to stop. Wowzers. Can we give Alan a hand? Because that was absolutely brilliant. Ooh. It has been quite a morning, hasn't it? God's been doing stuff with us. It's really, really exciting to be here. Really exciting. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you for being vulnerable being authentic with us it's it gives us permission to do the same so thank you really good um i'd encourage you if you're feeling stuff stirred up in yourself please come and find us we'd love to pray for you there's we're, we're praying family so come and grab us if you want some prayer but we're done for the seat for this morning um yeah god bless <laughs>